You're listening to the Gen Zen Broadcasting System. Hi, Spots and Cheap Pops! It's the Silicon One, Steve Valley, and on the other side, we got my man, Vladdy Dottie, the impaler in the house, and we are less than 24 hours removed from AEW. Winter is coming. Vladdy Dottie, how are you feeling, and how are you doing, and how did you enjoy the AEW World Championship match last night? I'm doing really well, man. I'm I'm feeling great. And I got to say, watching a, a, a really good wrestling match less than 24 hours ago really sort of helps the soul. And what we saw last night was a like a, a clinic for an hour. Um, really, really good match. I'll say on a personal level, not necessarily my favorite all-time match, but who am I? Overall, though, really good professional wrestling match that uh, – they did um that they put on there uh in in regards to the entire thing um personally i i I would say i probably prefer the the omega danielson match and that's where it's like it's a bit in the shadow is the only thing i would say but you know what it's not a bad shadow to be in so but it's it this is a good deal for hangman because this is starting to add to his legacy which is sort of way more like you know new and current than what omega's already put in the books so yeah i'm feeling great it was a great match what do you think well first and foremost i think you hit the nail on the head the fact that kenny and brian both finished with a no contest and the fact that i saw it coming about 40 minutes into the match i even i tweeted it and some of my followers will even retweeted it and I knew they were going to go the distance. However, there was a moment toward the end of the match where I was standing up and I was like, maybe Hangman does win it. Maybe he just barely does it. So, yeah, I saw it coming. Yeah, it does live in the shadow of the Kenny Omega match. But at the end of the day, these guys absolutely crushed it. And I think if it wasn't for that, Hank, that the Kenny Bryan match that I was actually at in New York City. If it wasn't for that match, I think we would have been we we would be blowing this match up as one of the great matches of all time. But because of that match, I think it took so much away. A couple other things. And by, by the way, folks, the match did it kept my attention on the edge of my seat yeah. for an hour. An yeah. hour of my time. Not one moment was wasted. Right. I'll tell you what, though, there were a couple kicks in the balls during the match. Hangman goes through a table, and 30 seconds, less than 30 seconds later, they've got a commercial with no screen. Yeah. I'm like, come on. I, yeah. I, I, I appreciate the attempt. And it was a be- be- great match. It was an amazing match. It wasn't just an attempt. They knocked it out of the park for what the competitors did. But I don't think it was done well. I don't think the build to the main event was done well. The big story in this was Daniel Bryan, or sorry, Bryan Danielson did not respect Hangman Adam Page going into this match. That story wasn't told, I thought, well enough in the build. Hangman really was non-existent. He came in a couple times, cut one little promo. Overall, it was about Brian Danielson kicking the living shit out of the dark order. Brian Danielson's been doing all the heavy lifting in this feud. So yeah. I didn't like that aspect leading up to it. I said it in our preview that we that we did previously to that. It's on our YouTube right. channel. Um, that the dynamic of being live television needing four commercials during some epic moments not only that and they got the crowd back into it to lucky them but there were chant there were times 
where they came back. The first, actually, after the second commercial, they came back, and I heard boring chance for a hot second because wow. the entire three minutes, Hangman. That's when Hangman was down, and they were he was getting medical attention and all that. The live crowd doesn't necessarily think, oh, there's they're at a commercial, so they have to waste time. But just things like that takes away from a match like that. I feel like I'm not going to complain because again, an hour of my time was well spent. I did see it coming, but it did get me excited toward the end. Overall, I'd give it a four out of a five. I do think it, as you said, though, again, on the head, it does rest because of the same finish. It rests in the same exact spot as the Kenny and Brian match. And take it a step further, it is a little different because Hangman was this close to winning where there really wasn't a clear winner or loser during the, the Omega-Brian match. And you could see they could go for another half hour. So, yeah. But they do bring the reality to it. I don't have a big problem with it. The internet is killing it. If you're a WWE guy, they're, oh, this is boring. I mean, it's boring. Did you hear the crowd? A live crowd that they didn't have to fake noise, pump fake noise into, was into this match from start to finish, with the exception of the commercial we talked about. So I, I thought it was, it was a little disappointing, the finish is what I'd say. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, um, I'm with you. And and even with these, I don't know, these little bit of critiques, I'd say it's still probably top two, three, four match of the year. Yeah, I mean, I would say it was a, it would, if, if the, again, like I'll say before, if it wasn't for Kenny and Brian, the first one, we're talking about how this is one of the greatest matches of all time. That's how much doing it less than three minutes, three months later, that's how much it hurts this match. This match, and also it's Hangman's first title defense. You couldn't have given him somebody, you couldn't have, you couldn't have fed him somebody from Team Taz or something or, Scorpio Sky, you couldn't have given him one title defense before this one. You'd like him yeah. to have a his first title defense be a victory. But again, I, that's nitpicking on what was an absolutely brilliant match that I have nothing but gratitude for. No, you make a good point, man. Actually, I think it's like it it almost defaces his ability to beat Kenny, and um, he's he's getting a draw. It's it's more it's it's a good good day to be Dan, uh, to be Brian Danielson because it's like he's got a draw out of the top two wrestlers in AEW right off the bat. Yeah. Or you could and, go the other uh, way. Brian Danielson can't close it. He's not a good closer. Can't you go to match Brian Danielson? Close it out, buddy. Bring in Mariano. Yeah, times are boring, man. <laughs> so, yeah, basically um yeah, it, it just it, it was it, it's intriguing to see. I, I can't believe like a WWE fan I would have the audacity to go and say this is boring. Like I, I I turn on their product currently, and short of a few different instances, my insult my like my intelligence is being is totally insulted. So I'd rather have not be insulted versus it, you know, boring, if you will. Like um yeah, man, I, I just don't understand their point of view trying to compare that and like really knocking that down compared to what they're watching. I mean, what they're not, they're totally entertained with another uh, happy, happy Corbin bit. Yeah, this match was incredible. And the story, they, they told a phenomenal story. It was a great wrestling match. They didn't rush. It was brutal. I mean, Hangman got the living shit kicked out of him in this match. Brian Danielson is a killer, he's an assassin. Yeah. And. Yeah. It was great. And then just the storytelling with the arm of Hangman, which was a story the entire time, and then turning into the leg, which piggybacked off of John Silver working on Brian Danielson's leg last week. So there was so many great little stories told in this match. I, I love this match. So 
I wanted to be clear on that. But, you know. But the Kenny one was, was first. So. <laughs> Yeah, you know, listen, the Omega one, I mean, won over a lot of harsh critics even. And it just, that was a great professional wrestling match in New York City. It's hard to beat that as well. Um, it wasn't for the title, so it didn't matter that it led off the show either. Yeah, yeah, right. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. This one was, I was really surprised they led the show with this one. I really was. Um, but I know why they did it, because you don't want to send people home. You don't want to send your audience home pissed off, especially... If you weren't giving them Wyndham Rotunda, which was something that was expected that did not happen, nor the Briscoes, which everyone expected. And I, they cut a promo how Tony Khan's going to scoop them up from their cornfield and drive them and fly them out to Texas. So, I don't know. Kyle O'Reilly's dropping hints that it was going to be him. It was just, it was wild and nobody, there was no surprises. So, um, that's why they had that, had that open the show because, and also they wanted to make sure they had a good hour. And they, you know, they, hey, look. It was gutsy. If I was Coney Khan, I would stay away from hour-long matches, though, uh, anytime soon. Yeah. On a, it, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. On Dynamite, on television. Do it all day on the pay-per-views. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, other than that, I don't really have much to add in, in regards to you know that match overall. Again, I was really entertained with it. I, I thought it was good. Much better than anything I've seen on WWE in a while. So, well, you had a good segue. Yeah, well, you had a good segue. You were talking about having your intelligence intelligence insulted. Yes. by a certain company. Can we talk about Monday Night Raw this past week? Please go for it. And I actually did a moment in the valley, but it did not make air, so this is going to be fresh. Are you aware of what happened? I know you don't watch Monday Night Raw. I think I might have mentioned it to you, but let me explain to you exactly what happened. Break it down for me. You know I've been a big Biggie fan. You know I've, I've said it time and time again. He could be the one that takes over for Cena because they're trying to make Roman. Oh, he's having Cena-like numbers, and that, he's still a heel. He's going to have that, and he can't change his yeah. character. The baby face, he's kind of vanilla. So he's got to stay heel. He's never going to reach those... Hulk Hogan, John Cena numbers, the make-a-wishes, the everyone-loves-you vibe. He's just not. I thought Biggie could have been that guy. I really, truly did. And we found out Monday night, folks, that Biggie is nothing more than a transitional champion and will not have a title at this coming WrestleMania. How do I know this, Taylor? Tell me how. I'm glad you asked. Bobby Lashley, their biggest, baddest motherfucker, pardon my language, biggest, badass dude on Monday Night Raw, big deal, biggest heel, decimated everybody the week before. He comes out, and he's actually slapping fives with a couple, not everybody, but like two or three fans, he actually slapped fives to him. I'm like, all right, is this guy a baby face now? Did I miss something here? Right. And so they come out. He and MVP cut a promo saying he wants to be in the title picture. He should be in the title picture. He's the almighty. What have you? Okay. The power, one of the, one of the executors, one of the officials, Sonya Deville, Adam Pierce, they make the mat, the idea. Okay. Bobby Lashley, you have to run. You have to win three matches tonight in a row at a gauntlet match to get into the match. Your, your opponents are Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins, 
and the world champion babyface, biggest babyface on the show, Biggie. And y'all be damned. Bobby Lashley beats Kevin Owens. And then Kevin Owens comes down and interferes in the second Seth Rollins match to cause a disqualification. But that gets thrown out. They restart the match. So Bobby Lashley's being booked like a babyface right now. He, this guy has to go through three heels, or three, three wrestlers, one of which is your top babyface. He beats Seth Rollins, and then down comes your babyface facing Bobby Lashley, the heel, who's already faced two top guys on your thing, who's already in the main event that he's trying to get into. And Bobby Lashley, even though it had a little shenanigans, Bobby Lashley beats your fresh champion. Buries Biggie. We got to go to the board. We get, but Biggie's championship reign just took a nasty, disgusting dump right in the middle of the floor. Bobby Lashley, and it came to me as I was on the treadmill the other day. Why the fuck would they do that? Why would they beat Biggie? I don't get it. It doesn't make sense. And I'm running. I'm getting angry. I'm angry. I'm running. And guess what? I figured it out. We're getting Lesnar and Roman Reigns now. Remember, we thought maybe it would be held over to WrestleMania. No, 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 no. Because we all know now, Lesnar will now face Bobby Lashley at WrestleMania for the WWE Championship. That's what's going to happen. And Biggie is not. Maybe he's part of the triple threat match, but I doubt it. Biggie is losing this title at Royal Rumble or at Day One, and Bobby Lashley is going to have that championship guaranteed. Bobby Lashley is facing Brock Lesnar for that championship at WrestleMania. That is my prediction. It's a pretty good prediction. So your reaction to Biggie getting beat? It's it's uh, it's really moronic. Like, why would you you couldn't pick out another schlub that's on the cusp of those three guys instead of Big E, you know, and have Big E just at the table for like and have him on color? Bottom line is Bobby Lashley made Big E look ridiculous. And Bobby Lashley right. was booked against all odds. And he still cheats to win. So you're it's like, I'm confused. Like, well, I kind of, okay, he cheated, but he had to beat three guys. I mean, I, I'm rooting for Bobby Lashley now. And I love Biggie. Fuck Biggie now. He, he can't even be, he you can't know, even. I, I, have, Biggie, I, I, I have a theory. I have a theory about this. And it just, it just, it's almost like an epiphany. You know why this happened? Because Vince's voice is so weak they're afraid to say that they don't understand or can't hear him. So they just sort of throw everything out there and they're hoping they make him happy somehow. What was last year? That was last year. What was that? What was that, sir? What was that? Lesnar last year. I was saying Lesnar last year. Lesnar last year. Are you saying Les- Lashley and Lesnar? Lesnar last year. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, quite frankly, it's also Austin. Okay, and you want uh, Lashley to be a face on the way down the ramp. Uh huh. Uh huh. Then he's a heel in the ring. Okay. Okay. And then um, he's going to go and beat our current sitting champion. And then you know he he responds. Vince responds, and and brother love still doesn't understand. He just rolls with it. He just hits all the hits all the dartboards, the entire <laughs> dartboard all over the place. Oh, you want to write that or just try to do it off the cusp? You want to write something? No, like- no, no, just like what we're yeah, no, just what we're doing right now. Just this is what I like see in my mind. They don't understand what he's saying and are afraid to say, hey, yeah, yeah. can you write this down? Or you know, can we get a translator? <laughs> All right. Hey boss. Hey boss. So what, what are we doing creative tonight? I was better let him just out was it, quite frankly. Quite frankly, yes. I was thinking big and just steroids and big. 
You know, well, I mean, you won the, you won that lawsuit though. Damn it! I don't know. Oh, sorry. Get Austin in here. Austin. Austin here's one of these men. Egg. Eggs. He doesn't wrestle here anymore, Vince. I just was talking to Austin. Austin and an egg. We got an egg. I have an egg. The egg, egg is done. We're done. We're done with that part. Now you have Austin. Oh, we are. You know what? Hey, Austin. Austin Theory, come in. You did say Austin. Austin. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. You got an egg in yourself. Eggs. I like you, Austin. Our creative. What's that? Last lesson. Last lesson. Biggies and Spurs. Biggies and Scabbins. Give Kevin Owens $15 million for two years. Are you serious, Vince? Kevin Owens! We gotta keep him, damn it! I love him! Kind of fat. Him and our, him and our truth. Give him $13.7 million a year. We'll cut him after in a couple months. He'll be fine. We only pay him a million, see? So they were just gonna put momentum and Bray Wyatt. <laughs> what do you, what kind of direction do you think they give Austin Theory when he's got to do these sketches with uh, with Vince in the back and like you know he can't hear him really well and he has no idea what the hell's going on? Do you think they're just like, hey Austin, just nod and smile, okay, and just play along? If he slaps you, take it. That's pretty much what's happening. I mean, if you watch, it, that, I think if I, you could understand Vince, this would be gold. This would be gold. This would be gold television. It'd be my favorite part of Raw, but yeah. It's not. They understand him, so it's sad. But fuck, he, I too, he, when I'm on television on 77 years old, I'm not going to look that good, so I can't complain. Yeah, really. I mean, who are we to really go and throw throw stones? <laughs> I can, although he, uh, he, although he seems to be afraid of a toggle microphone, which might help him here. Like, he doesn't want to look weak. Naga, that's the thing. Like I'll use the boom. Give me the boom. Microphone is some damn it. What, Vince? I just don't know how Michael can say it. Damn it, I can tell it! Get Stephanie in here! The only way you can hear him is if he yells. Exactly, and he's always yelling now all of a sudden. Damn it! Get Austin in here! All right, you're going to drink beer on camera. It worked before. <laughs> but, I mean, it's not really my thing. I take selfies. I'm kind of a pussy. Damn it! <laughs> Go <laughs> a goatee, shake your head. You're not better than that Cole Adam guy, whatever. Triple H, two point That's that's probably what's going on in the creative right now. Oh, it's a disaster. It's a disaster. And but but it's just I wanted to just maybe a 10, 10 bell salute for Biggie's uh, Biggie's opportunity to be the face of the company. Yeah, Vince, um, yeah. When Vin, when well, like you know, members of New Day are involved, and and Brock is in the building, their their uh, title spans are on like short time. <laughs> well, so anyway, we go shift over to Friday night from SmackDown of last week, and Brock Lesnar and Sami Zayn. You wanted to talk about it. They are doing some really funny stuff right now. Let's be honest, and. They're it's yeah, great seeing Lesnar on the mic. It is. And I, I like the uh, psycho lumberjack, psycho like butcher stuff that he's wearing to the ring. And it's just the, the, the whole longer hair thing and the beard and him smiling maniacally and just trying to cut, just cutting promos and matching wits with Sammy is entertaining. 
And he's a great professional wrestler. I mean, if anyone has any doubts about Brock Lesnar as a professional wrestler, that's not one where area you can hit. The guy's a great, he's one of the great professional wrestlers of all time. And now that he's, and he's a good, if you go back 20 years ago, he cut decent promos back then too. So, and Sammy and he are gold. And I know you love the fact Sammy's getting this kind of opportunity and he's taking it and running with it. Yeah, it's great, man. It's just like he's he's really a, 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 like a shining star for the locker room. Like, look at like his career since he, you know, joined from NXT. The ups and downs. Hey, uh, you're good. You're a good worker. We need your match in WrestleMania. Uh, you're going to wrestle Kevin Owens again because there's already something built in, and you got two weeks to build it. Basically, these sort of things. And like now, look at him. He is towards the end of his contract. He's been doing some of the best character work he's ever done in his career. I mean, think about it. He went from El Generico to the Fidel Castro of wrestling. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. And he's charismatic as can be. And um, and here he's matching with Brock Lesnar. And it, and it's almost like some sort of weird cop cop comedy or something between these two. It's just like it's it's great. Yeah, and, and I like it. I like how Brock's Canadian all of a sudden. Oh yeah, the two Alpha Canadians. Yeah. Two Canadian alpha males from Saskatchewan, which, by the way, as we know, the first place that Bret Hart beat Ric Flair for the world championship for the first time. Not many people remember that, but the Silicon one does Saskatchewan, Saskatoon, Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Canada. There you go. And uh, so on to, well, it's with Sami Zayn and his contract. It looks like he'll probably, he might resign too, because we found out yesterday Kevin Owens has re-signed, and it was reported by Dave Meltzer on Wrestling Observer News. KO got between two, and I said this yesterday. I was like, the only way he re-signed, and they must have given him a shitload of money. Yeah, but he reported between two and three million dollars a year. Kevin Owens, who hasn't sniffed a main event except for I think when he had a program with Roman, but other than that, he's been pretty much a mid carder for the last couple of years. Yeah, and. He just got started getting paid like Seth Rollins. He just started getting paid. Wow. I mean, <laughs> and the internet reaction by AEW fans that have been making fun of the fact that he's coming into AEW, including us, let's be honest. They just, it's just, they were pissed at Kevin. The guy, Kevin, Tony Khan's not giving him two to $3 million a year. It's just that simple. No, He's not worth it, folks. I love Kevin, but he's not worth it. If you compare him to other stars, here's the thing though. No, the no cut clause is not in the contract, meaning say you shall be released. There you go. Fire him. So they might just pay him just to get him through WrestleMania and then cut him. They do when they usually do their spring cuts. Kevin Owens is not finishing this contract, folks. So we can congratulate him, and WWE fans can be proud that they got their guy. He's getting fired. If anyone in my – if I could guarantee anybody getting fired before their contract is expired, and we're talking about one of the best wrestlers in the world, Kevin Owens is not lasting this contract. There is no way they're paying him 2 to $3 million in the next three or four years. No way. Yeah. No, you're right. You're absolutely right, too. And and you know what? He, He did what was right for his family. He's he's going to be making a hell of a lot of money up until they do release him, and um, you know, and also like if you think about it, like with what's going on in AEW, with all this influx of talent, 
maybe they just didn't really have the idea like what to do with him right off the bat. I mean, you have like Kyle Riley that's showing up and he'll be working with Bobby Fish and they're already they're sort of involved with uh with uh Adam Cole of course. So sort of. had, they're you know, full-fledged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Full-fledged. Yeah, it's an understatement. And then if you add Kevin uh Steen aka Kevin Owens, also now Kevin Owens totally, um what else, you know, what else are you going to jam in there? Like uh, just too much stuff to deal with right there at that point. Yeah. So I mean, maybe, you know, he just relaxes and then he goes at the right time. Yeah. And he probably looked at it like, well, if I get fired, then I get three months with my kids where I'm making, where I'm, you know, I'm prorated for two to $3 million a year. I mean, Kevin's yep. thinking the long game. He's like, Hey, if they're going to pay me, it's fine. I'll work until whenever. And then I, if they fire me, I get to sit home for three months for nothing. And they still have to pay him the royalties. They still have to pay him all that other shit. So Kevin Owens is like, if you're giving me that kind of money, that's that's only that's why he resigned. It's not a championship victory for the WWE. You overpaid for him, and he's going to get fired, and everyone's going to hate WWE for all their budget cuts, which is bullshit. And no one's going to care, and it's never going to change. Guaranteed. Yeah. Guaranteed. So... On to the rest of, uh, let's go over to, on Friday night, we also, we have the man who was finally sent, Taz, sent hook, and sent, yeah, broke the internet. Sent out the hook. Yeah, it did. I mean, it was a really impressive first match, man. This kid has talent. <laughs> Do you think they put him over a little too much, though? Oh, yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they definitely, you know, but you know what, like his attitude walking up to the ring. Oh, he's got it. He's got, he's got it. He's, he's definitely in shape. And honestly, well, what how old is he exactly? Is he 19 or so? No, I think he's 23. I don't think he's as young as he thought, but I, we can double check on that. He looks a lot younger, but I will say this. Well, let's see. It was 2003. Oh, dude, he might be 18. I think it was 2000. No, Taz won a championship. He was ECW champion when he was born. So it, it must be in the late 90s. I think it was 99. But we can look that up. I, I, need, um, to, I need to know now. Hold on a second. Yeah, let's, let's take a look at that. While you're looking at I, I'll say this. I like took for a while. You didn't like him initially. You're like, what the, what the F? And I kind of was like, hey, look, he's noticed the kid's getting jacked. So I liked him because I realized he was going to work hard because his body changed so rapidly in terms of working out and getting in the gym. And yeah, I mean, he has it. He has it. And by all accounts, he's as hardworking and as hungry for knowledge as possible. So I just think they could have made Fuego del Sol. I mean, he was a good guy to do it with. It's not like he's getting over, but he took Miro to the limit, but he gets squashed by Hook. Hook looks like John looks like Brock Lesnar to John Cena in SummerSlam 2014 or 15, I think it was. All right. Hook is 22. All right. So, yeah. So, I guess it, 99 would be about it. Yeah. I was right. Look at that. Yeah. You're right. You like that? Uh, I, I actually just saw it today, by the way. Not because I, It's not because I remember off the top of my head. I saw a report on it today. Uh, I thought I heard. Um, yeah. But big news, big things for Hook. I don't think he deserved the attention that he got. But... The way they built him up, the way they kept him covered the last several weeks so people didn't really see what kind of shape he was in, 
Yeah. Um, the little thing with the bags. I mean, they have booked this kid brilliantly. The CM Punk hook thing is huge. Yeah. It's one of the most popular gifts out there. Send hook. I mean, they've booked this. It's just one of those phenomena. AEW just continues just to produce stars. Now, and Hook uses the Kacha Hatame. They're yeah. calling it Red Rum, though. Red Rum. Red, yeah. Red Rum, yeah. Red Which, of course, as we know, is my daughter's name. Uh, I'm just kidding. She's Silicon Valley. Everyone knows that. Yeah. <laughs> so that we got from there. And from there, what else do we have on Dynamite? We're going to coast back Wait, to Dynamite. We're getting one all last thought, One last thought on Hook. Did you hear about... Um... He is now the number one selling T-shirt. He overtook CM Punk. That's fucked up, man. Come on, come on, people. I'm, t- I'm telling you, man. He's I know. Crazy. I don't. He's a draw. I, I saw the respect yesterday. He was just behind CM Punk. I mean, obviously, the kid has caused a stir. And you know what I love too. Taz wasn't didn't do the flare. Have flare puts over Charlotte. He's like, yeah. yeah, you ain't seen nothing yet. He's good. Yeah, I'm very proud. But you just, just you, you ain't seen nothing yet. There's going to be more. Like, he didn't put him over. He's just like, he's all business. He, Taz is building his son up. His son at his this young age. I mean, 22 is still a kid. Oh, my yeah. God. When you think about him, Moriarty, Dante Martin, MJF. You know, I, Sammy's a little older. But Jungle Boy, I mean, these are guys that are already brilliant professional wrestlers and they're all and they're gonna yeah. be around for so long. They all gotta fix yeah. little parts of their game with the exception of MJF, but yeah, hooks hooks no exception to that man. And yeah, I love cool. the I love this cool moment. Yeah, and yeah, actually it's his moveset's cool. Uh his facials are it's uh you're Jim Ross and on me. I mean I already say uh, that again. Right. Say that again because yeah, Jim Ross on me. Okay, long story short, yeah, he was he's basically been awesome uh in terms of this match and just uh, his presentation, the facials, all that good stuff. It just uh there's a lot of potential there. I mean, I already like him more than Jungle Boy, I think. <laughs> well, I'd like to remind us earlier this year you were not a fan of, of Hook at all. So no, I'm, I wasn't. No, I'm, and yeah, so I'm, I'm glad you've come about. you've seen you've come to the light with Mr. Eddie Kingston and now Hook. I'm glad you're joining me on these guys that I called earlier. I have to get something over on you because you have that fucking title. The purple nerve, man. It's, it's, it's wonderful in its new home. Unbelievable. So you can see it on alternating weekends. <laughs> Maybe we'll work on that. So, <laughs> and finally, so finally we have a couple other tidbits from AEW dynamite. Malachi black has, Recruited a new member of the House of Black, something that you reported on a couple weeks ago and brought up. Brody King officially was announced as he signed with AEW. And obviously the little line, now you'll be so much more than a king. Another yeah. brilliant vignette by Malachi Black. He's my favorite wrestler in the world. He really is. The, is the promos are just... Wow. Yeah. He's got a presence, man. Yeah. He, this is like... Tell me WWE didn't miss the boat on, on him specifically. Like This oh. guy could have been the new Undertaker. I that's it was it's a joke what they did to see what he's doing now and by the way everything happens for a reason I saw an interview with him shortly after he signed with AEW and he said this is a very long and detailed story he's working on 
And where is it, Sam Cody? Uh, and another thing that involving Malachi Black, the varsity blondes, Julia Hart not there. They didn't mention where she was. She said, she's not here, is she? Who knows where she is? Yeah. Pillman was acting breaking up too. too. And they might be breaking up as well. Did you notice there was a little tension between the, 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 the varsity? Oh, yeah. Blondes? They should break up. If Garrison needs yeah, to go to go to dark or vice versa, I don't really care which one. Yeah. 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 And I thought, I thought Pillman was acting a little squirrely too. So there's something up, but Julia Hart might be like the bigger uh, star currently out of all those three. If she's linking up without, uh, with uh, Malachi black. Yeah. I mean, I think Pillman, he had his star rise a little bit. I mean, who knows? Maybe this, maybe Pillman joins the house of black as well down the line. I don't know, but um julia hart i've loved her for a while i I remember i mentioned that a couple weeks a couple months ago i said something about her i like her and it seems like she's gonna get the new personality who knows but that's what it looks like and where does this again are they just now gonna just pretend like the whole andrade ftr thing didn't exist because now ftr seems like going into dynamical into their now thing they're a they're feuding with the briscoes because if you didn't notice it folks Ring of Honor had their last match in the biggest moment of the Ring of Honor pay-per-view this past week. FTR shows up and challenges the Briscoes, gets in a brawl with the Briscoes. The Briscoes cut an impassioned promo about how Tony Khan should scoop them boys up. Tony Khan scoop them boys up in a cone field. Literally, that's exactly what they said. And yeah. uh, so that was part of that. Leading that, so FTR comes out, celebrates at the end of MJF beats Dante Martin, which was a solid match. Not a great match, but a solid match. Could have been a little, I thought it could have been a little bit more layered, maybe a little longer, but what have you. MJF wins the Dynamite Diamond Ring. FTR comes out and celebrates. Lights go out. Was this a dick tease or what? The lights go out. The lights go out. Everyone's expecting either Winner Rotunda or the Briscoes. Maybe even Kyle O'Reilly, who tweeted something mysterious with eyeballs shortly before the main event. Yeah. Lights go out, and it's Darby and Sting. That wasn't a little bit of a tease, considering the the, the internet buzz and the rumors? Um, yeah, I guess so. I mean... You don't have a problem with it, though. I don't have a problem with it because they sort of prefaced it with the, the week previous where, the, where FTR just randomly went and attacked Sting and Darby, you know, yeah, why after they lost like after they lost to the uh, uh, to the Lucha Brothers? And it's like, I was like, OK, what's the beef here? I don't get it. Oh, you're going to Greensboro. Well, the guys that are kind of like the horsemen, they should attack Sting, I guess. Tony Khan sort is. Of, oh, sorry. Yeah, brother. Uh, it's, it's pretty much the linkage there. Like, you know, why would they be attacking them right now? They're, they're so, tough. Something. Know, yeah, something definitely is going to be happening. It's going to be a big dynamite next week. Tony Khan said he has a monster announcement in North Carolina next week. They prefaced through the old show. Unfortunately, I think it was Shivani said it was the same. It was tonight in this telecast, like twice during the telecast. So there were people tweeting like, where's the big surprise? I thought we were getting the announcement. But if you go back and listen to it, it's definitely happening next week. But they didn't correct it and clarify it clearly toward the end of the night so there was like through, through like a half hour 45 minutes of the show you're like oh i wonder what the big announcement is i guess we're gonna get Wyndham rotunda <laughs> yeah and that was it i didn't get it i just thought it was a little weak because but you know what we they're gonna give us what we want so it's like it's just impatience anyone that bitches about these sorts of things like the, no surprises the match is too long 
It's not like Hangman and Brian Danielson's not going to have a, a lights out match on a pay per view. It's not like we're not going to get get the finish we want. It's not like we're not going to get Wyndham Rotunda. It's not like we're not going to get the Briscoes. We just have to be patient and stop bitching about it. I found myself like, that's a little bush league with the lights out. Cause I'm like, Ooh, the Briscoes. Yeah. And then Sting and Darby. I'm like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Which yeah, is awesome. What I think they're also doing with this, like pairing, like all of a sudden, Hey, MJF and, and FTR, they're buddies again, pinnacles back together. But really what they're back together for there is I think they're just, they're fast tracking Wardlow turning. Or being turned on, let's put it that way. Either way. Yeah, and we can get that's a good segue. We can get into the Wardlow spot, something certainly blowing up there. The crowd was kind of into Wardlow. It wasn't a road warrior pop by any stretch of the imagination, but no, no, no. crowd was into it. They wanted it, and then Sean Spears again comes in, kind of bosses them around, tells them to get the yeah. champagne, takes his shine, hits the guy with the chair after he power bombed him, trying to kind also, of also telling him on the microphone, Oh, you're we don't get paid by the hour. They're yeah. Really going to go. Really what you're going to have is F and MJF like attacking Wardlow and who's going to save him. It's probably CM Punk. And we just got to figure out when it's going to be. And how does this play into the CM Punk MJF feud? And, and by the way, CM Punk's great. I love the stories that they're telling CM Punk MJF, whoever comes with the winner out of this feud. And I don't think they're going all the way to March with this, with, with this, they're, they're going to have a ma- a pretty substantial match. Maybe United champ, the champion belt for belt or champion for championship, or maybe the first night on TBS to get eyeballs on the product. They're going to have a big match before that. And I think the winner that's going to get the title shot at revolution, or do you run back Brian Danielson and, and Hangman on a page for revolution? I don't know where they can go here. And it's, God, isn't it so exciting that you have a wrestling program that it's like, are they going to do this? Are they going to do that? Like, Ooh. Whereas WWE, I'm like, oh, they're going to do this. I fucking hate them. Yeah, exactly. So predictable. Not really. I did not see Bobby Lashley winning a gauntlet match and beating their baby champion. I, that was just like, not see that coming. <laughs> it's like, I didn't see that one coming at all. I was like, ooh, weird. Yeah. It's like when somebody eats dog food. It's like, I didn't see that coming. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. You, you, you fooled us. You fooled us, WWE. You got us. Us stupid marks. <laughs> when they do something so ridiculous against booking, they do it just to fool us because they don't want the internet to know what they're going to do. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. You know what? I know when I go into Marvel, Nine times out of ten, except for when Iron Man died, I know the good guy is going to probably win. Right. We knew Eggman Adam Page was going to beat Kenny. It didn't change the fact that it was a special occasion. You know what I mean? So WWE gets caught up in trying to fool their idiotic fans that will like them no matter what. So we're not one of those. And neither are you listeners, you great high-popping and cheap-spotting fans. Yeah, something like that. So, but the Wardlow power bomb, uh, and you mentioned actually something about Jim Cornette, how he brought up what what was Jim Cornette's perspective on the on the Wardlow power bomb? It might have been a match or two earlier where he was going against like that, like there was like a real no name sort of uh, jobber that they fed to Wardlow beautifully, right? Um, but I think it was like the week before that, 
uh, during that match, they sort of went through that match. And what they said was like, ah, they weren't too crazy about the finisher finisher that he was using, which is where he sort of props up the guy in the corner and then just sort of nails him with his knee, you know? And, um, and then from there, they were saying like, did you catch how like the, the crowd was reacting to those power bombs? And they're like, we wanted more of it. Well, next thing you know, Wardlow sort of sort of almost takes it from the playbook as they were discussing it and just had a, a great sort of badass match and just was totally booked beautifully. Did you see him catch and, Seidel in midair? Yeah, yeah. Whoa. He's a monster, man. He's a monster. He's, he, and you know what? He's got some charisma out there. Oh, he's great. He's you know? a future yeah. champion. Yeah, man, he definitely is. And, and, you know, it's just he's got the look. He's he's athletic. And you know what? Like, I still haven't really forgotten that cage match that he had with Cody. So it was it was impressive. So Cody had a great match, too. I can't – it's it's the love-hate thing I have with Cody. Um, but, yeah, man, it's uh, it's really interesting seeing how Warlow's progressing here. And we're going to see him against MJF. It's going to be great. And as soon as he turns babyface, he's going to be a top-of-the-card guy. You know, he might, yeah, yeah. he won't be a champion anytime soon, I'm sure, because there's a long line of guys who need to get that belt. A very long line. You got MJF, oh, yeah. you got probably Kenny again, probably Moxley again um, at some point. Maybe not, though. Um, you know, you have, I'm, I'm forgetting a few guys, uh, CM Punk, Brian Danielson. I mean, these, this belt is going to get around. There's going to be some really great people that hold this belt, but I would not doubt Wardlow will be one of them. Maybe he even beats MJF maybe two years or three years from now. Who knows? Yeah. And in the meantime, I, I could see him holding the TNT title. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, speaking of MJF, there are reports. Fightful Select said that the WWE is interested in Maxwell Jacob Freeman after he literally, he worked himself into a shoot bidding war already. This kid is yep. doing something I've never seen before in the professional wrestling news. He is revolutionizing it. No one's ever going to do it. No one has the balls to do what he did either. And there, did you see him yes, last night during the match? In a fan's face, do something. Hit it. He will. He will take a punch. A, a punch in the face from a fan. He doesn't give a shit. It's yeah. incredible. And the fan didn't do anything. And he called him a coward. Yeah. And then he tweeted about how he's a coward as well. <laughs> yeah, he's he's other he's otherworldly. This guy, I gotta say. And he was right about CM Punk's promo. That's one of the things. You know, I was thinking. I, there was something I wanted to talk about. And I and I couldn't remember, and you just nailed it. That is exactly what I want to talk about. That's why we're the team. That's why we're the high spots, and we are the cheap pups. Absolutely, and hundred percent right. He's a hundred percent right. Yeah, run with it, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say the same thing that you're probably gonna say. I was a little bored with the CM Punk promo, in, in Long Island. I thought it was cliche, but I wasn't bored. Yeah, you know what? You're probably right in, in phrasing it that way. The, he did mention the Islanders three times. Well, he knows hockey, and he hates the Islanders. And the crowd, it was more about not what he was saying, per se. It was more about he was just trying to piss the crowd off. And you could tell CM Punk absolutely. He loves being a heel. He said it. He's like, I'd rather be a heel any day of the week. So he really enjoyed this bizarro world that long island turned into where he was basically a heel even though he's a baby face everywhere else he goes yeah 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 I, I get that and you know he did call them chicken shit and all that good stuff too 
But yeah, I was just like, man, how many more times are you going to mention the Islanders? That's all like you can rag on them about. Like, there's got to be something else there, you know? I mean, you could talk about how Billy Joel sucks, I guess. But does he? I mean, you're a fan, right? I love Billy Joel. Guy's down. He's like down to 150 pounds. He's back in his fighting weight. Yeah, that's good, man. Because he was not in a good stretch of health for a long time there. He's driving cars in the houses willy-nilly. Well, we're driving here in Allentown. And I drove into Beach Park. I ran over three kids. I think they were homeless, so nobody gave a shit. Is that the real lyrics? That was the original lyrics he wrote. Man. That was the OG, but I actually live, I actually have my summer home in Allentown, West End Allentown, as you know. Forgot about My wife just because you love the song that much? Absolutely. Oh, that's the whole reason. But uh <laughs> but flipping it up, so this kid worked himself in to the WWE's interest in him. First of all, what would WWE do with him? The guy's 5'10. What are they gonna do with him? They put him as a but he would, but he's such a dude. He would go there and he would want an insane amount of money. I mean, he's literally working himself into a bin war. There's nothing he, he, he wouldn't want to go to WWE for any stretch of the imagination unless they gave him free reign to say what he wants. And he still wouldn't be able to because they're PG. Right. Oh my God. But he would go there just to say he went there and they would totally pill him out on him and then they'd have to release him. <laughs> he definitely would, man. He would just totally have to. T- have them cut the black. I mean, let's. The guy's a student of the game. If you talk to him about professional wrestling, he can tell you things. This is what's incredible about this kid. I don't understand how he is that much of a student of professional wrestling, yet he has all and all those accomplishments. Even though we were in high school and college, and he, you know, whatever, he did all those things. Yeah, he legit did all those things. How did he study professional wrestling? Like one of us fat nerds on the internet and know as much about professional wrestling as he does. And not only that, be that good in the ring. The guy is brilliant in the ring. How he's the most perfect professional wrestler I have ever seen. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Yep. It's incredible. Incredible. My, he's my favorite wrestler other than Malachi Black. Ooh, that'd be a good match. Be a great feud. That would be great. That'd be million dollar man and Jake Roberts all over again. Wallowing in the muck of Everest. <laughs> or I thought he said Everest the whole time. I'm like, oh, I guess there's some muck in Everest. But uh, we can tell we're getting toward the end of the show here. We're getting a little silly willy-nilly. Singing Billy Joel songs. So that's pretty incredible. What Hit the Silicon One with it. So evidently, Ric Flair and all his grand wisdom is being involved with a on a podcast with uh, Mark Madden, and uh, evidently was on their. Sh- uh, it's a show called uh, Woo Nation Uncensored. You had Absolutely. me at Woo Nation, but Ric Flair Uncensored. Hmm. I'm just kidding. Yeah, you got me. Uh, so <laughs> he is. He's got a couple hot takes over here. So I, this is the first you're hearing of it. We're going to get your reaction. First thing that came out was this. Mark Madden asked Ric Flair, let's talk about Brian Danielson. Quote, unquote, how do you see his work? Flair responded, quote, unquote, it's okay. 
That's it. So Madden's response to that is, wow, you just pissed a lot of people off because uh, they think he's everything in a bag of chips, which is a very current saying to use. It's really good for like the younger demographics. Uh, okay is not the word they're looking for. Is what well, he Mark said. Madden, first of all. The guy's a hack. Come on. Always has been. I, I, yeah. So Flair goes, I didn't say he was, uh, wasn't a good worker. You asked me what I thought. I'll tell you what. This is how I feel. When, and then I, and I like, just cringed when he goes this route. When Hunter put him over at whatever WrestleMania that was, WrestleMania 30, that made him. He's a very talented kid. Don't misunderstand me, but you have to, uh, you have to, um, I'm sorry, but you have to have one match, one place, one day, somewhere that makes you who you are. Hunter, who only wrestles once a while, came out. The match started out slow, but they ended up having a world-class match. He's a hell of a performer. I don't see him as being Kenny Omega. I like him. You're asking me my opinion. Is he a babyface now? That's literally the quote, right? Madden goes, he's a heel right now. Flair meanders on and says, uh, as a baby face, uh, baby face, he's not Ricky Steamboat. As a heel, he's not me. <laughs> okay. Uh, if that pisses people off, then you just have to live with history. I like him a lot personally, but when you start asking me to talk about who's great and who's not, I mean, he has a style. He's not AJ Styles by any means. He's a little bit smaller than AJ, but he's not AJ Styles. So it sort of went around this. I don't know if you want me to just read the entire interview, but you could comment, or if you want me to go a little bit further, it's up to you. Well, I can, I'll can. i start. I'll comment on that so far, and we'll pick it up. I see where he's coming from. You probably didn't expect me to say this. I see where That's he's right. coming from. Because if you just know, you think Ric Flair ever saw a fucking Brian Danielson match? No. He's talking about the guy that he he probably has only seen about 20 matches of Daniel Bryan. Yeah. And also, he's really good friends with Triple H. He believes that he was a sawed-off midget, so to speak, as they like to use in the, in the, over there. He believes that kind of hype. Where Flair's coming from is, not knowing what Brian Danielson has done, I could see where he's coming from. You know what? He's not Ric Flair as a heel. But guess no. what, Rick? The guy could out-wrestle you. You know, his Broadways? Yeah. 45 minutes was a headlock or an arm lock. Like, right? Come on. You can, I can't. I, I love Steamboat. And, and if you love chain wrestling, I can watch a Steamboat Flair match. But you watch a, a Flair... I don't know. Du even a Flair Dusty Rhodes match an hour one. I my God. But Flair would go an hour with Ronnie Garvin. Or, or, yeah. I mean, he would do Broadways and the matches would just put you to sleep. Oh, God, bear hug for 45 minutes. So Flair has to understand Flair was never a top five worker. Never. He told a great story in the ring. And He's coming from a place of just his experience with Brian Danielson, which was Dan all it is is vanilla bean Daniel Bryan. Yeah. So not knowing the babyface, not knowing what he's doing in AEW. If you haven't watched Brian Danielson wrestle in AEW, you haven't watched Brian Danielson wrestle. It's a completely different wrestler, a completely different guy. He's not an underdog little bitch whiny bitch. He is an assassin. He's a killer. 
and he's a believable killer. Sure. He's not a pussy. And he, and he smiles while he does it. He's vicious. This is a different yeah. thing. So my, my suggestion is I get where he's coming from. I really disagree with him. Because it's evolution, and I think comparing things too. I mean, if, if Ricky Steamboat was back doing Ricky Steamboat stuff right now, it would probably still hold up. Steamboat was so freaking good. <laughs> it would still hold up because Ricky Steamboat's Ricky Steamboat, yeah. but, yeah. you know, Rick Martell stuff doesn't hold up, you know? Yeah. Uh, maybe, I don't know. But anyway, my point being is I see where Flair's coming from. He's just not educated. Anyway, go ahead. What else did he say? All right. So or go into the other Here's the other part, and and, and I just kind of want to get at your reaction, and maybe this is even an interesting topic for another day, but uh, Madden asked him, um, let me see here. He's such a douchebag, Mark Madden. I don't know why. I never liked that guy. Yeah, it seems like I, like I barely remember him. I know he's like pretty big in the Pittsburgh area and stuff. Um, okay, so Flair was asked, if he were to be in the J.J. Dillon role of today, who would be in the four horsemen now? And he approached this on the WWE level. So Flair's response is, do you want to guess or do you want me to tell you what he did? I'll give you the option here. The current current um, uh, roster, WWE, he names four guys who he'd put in the, the horsemen Orton, right now. Orton, number one. By the way, it's irrelevant because Arn Anderson owns the four horsemen. Austin Theory, maybe? But nope. he doesn't know who Austin Theory is. Never mind. Who's that? He doesn't know anything about today's product. This is the problem, folks. So, definitely, obviously, and he needs a tag team. I would say the Usos, maybe, <laughs> and and Roman. You got uh, I, 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 Ro, Ro, Roman's number two. You got now. Okay. So Rome, Roman's a leader. Randy Orton's sort of like the enforcer, I'd say. And now you got two more. Oh, it's not a tag team. Like, why wouldn't it be a tag nope. team? That's a that's stupid. Know. That's stupid, Flair. You have to have Woo. a tag team, idiot. Woo. You go back and look at history, Ric Flair. Woo! Go tag team. Woo. So there's two other guys. No, AJ Styles. Bingo. Seth Rollins. No. Sami Zayn. Nope. Kevin Owens. Nope. Too fat. We're gonna have a fat horse. Yeah. Man. Yeah. There's no way. Yeah. He'd be the fattest horseman since Mongo. So, so if you're saying Orton's the heater and they won't be like a bigger dude, Bobby no, Lashley? Nope. There's no bigger dudes. Roman's the big dude. And Orton. <laughs> and you're going to be like, eh, with this last one, I'm telling you. Who was the third one? I forgot. I think I guessed him too. AJ. AJ, yeah. Omas. <laughs> um. I'm glad I got three out of the four. That's pretty good. Um, Happy Corbin. Just kidding. Just kidding. I fu- you know what? All the yeah, respect. I saw, I saw, those sixteen yeah. championships went right out the window. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah. You want to give? You want me to give it to you? Shinsuke Nakamura. Nope. <laughs> we're breaking. Ba- we're breaking boundaries here. Balor. Spinner International. Did um, Balor. And that would have been a decent one. It's underwhelming to me. Almost average, I would say. Has he ever made it? Well, in the essence, has he ever made an event at a pay-per-view? Ooh. I'm going to say yes, but probably in like a stipulation match. Famous? Survivor Series. Nope. <laughs> Survivor Series, not Seth. 
Oh man, I gave it. And, I gave and, it. I, and had a huge Survivor Series. I actually was a big player in it. Oh, Jeff Hardy. Nope. I give up. Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, it doesn't really do it for me, right? I, I, it makes sense, I guess. I mean, from again, let's let's put our thinking caps like we're Ric Flair. The guy doesn't know the current product clearly. Yeah. He doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't know who Brian Danielson is. He doesn't know if he's a baby face or a heel. He doesn't know how he wrestles now. He doesn't know anybody who has not been there for more than four or five, six years. They're all all four of those guys are are not spring chickens. There's yeah. no Austin. Austin Theory, I think, would be a great addition. So it's been Balor. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know what he sees in Ziggler is that he sort of resembles Flair and then Woo, somebody's got to take the losses. Woo. The Roman's the youngest. He's like 38, and he's the youngest one in that group. Right. That's your four horsemen, Ric Flair. Is that, that's what he's going with. Yeah. Well, the guy's out of touch. What can we say? He's out of touch. He's canceled by half the half the planet. And he's he's one of these guys that are no longer getting paid by somebody viable, just like Eric Bischoff and Vince Russo. And they have to say something controversial to get some to get some reactions from the internet. That's how they maintain their relevancy. Yeah. Sorry, Flair. Yeah. You are now clown shoes. You are a carnival act. You are a nostalgia act. Well and penis spins around like a helicopter. You know what's funny? You can see Flair. He did that exact same thing when he was in the mental institution, and he had the robe that was like the mental institution robe. And you yeah, can just yeah. see that's what he does when he's drunk. Woo! Slapping himself with his penis dangling about. Yeah, yeah. And he can't drink like that anymore. I mean, it's a pretty sad. I mean, you're Ric Flair, and all of a sudden you can't be Ric Flair anymore. No one cares. Woo! Ric Flair. Yeah. Still, huh? It's a lot more fun when he's buying the entire bar of drinks. And he's the king of the party. Maybe I shouldn't have to see Ric Flair doing the helicopter with his penis. Thank you, RVD. I love him. He's the voice of reason in that entire episode. Oh, man. So, yeah, so Ric Flair is out of touch. That's what we got from that. But I I understand where he's coming from because I understand how he thinks. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's out of touch. Yeah. So, yeah, I just, you know, I, I wanted to get your take on it. Yeah, well, how do you feel about his comments? God, he's out of touch, and you know, I agree with you completely. It's uh oh, man, and and you're right, even I'm like having flashbacks of those older matches. I, I I almost had like a and listen, I know he's held in a very high regard, but like Harley Race, and I think I remember seeing recently a Flair Harley Race match, and I remember being very slow paced. And you know what? I understand there's a different psychology and it was just a different time. Get it entirely. But, you know, when you compare it to now, it's like I wouldn't necessarily want to watch a um, an entire baseball game played during Babe Ruth's era, even though he was one of the greatest players to ever play. Yeah, it's just so I, mean, I don't know if that makes sense. It makes 100 percent sense so because there's an evolution. Sort of you could say the same thing about basketball from 40 years ago or in the NFL 40 years ago. The evolution of the athlete, the evolution of entertainment, the evolution of it all plays into it that that's why guess what sean michael's stuff you go back and watch his stuff it doesn't hold up that great because a lot of people took what he did and just made it better aj styles does sean michaels a lot better than sean michaels ever did in terms of in-ring performing yeah no adam cole same thing it's just an evolution of the sport an evolution of the athlete an evolution of the psychology Uh, so 
I can't watch that stuff. It, it, it does not age well. Flair, Steamboat Savage ages well. If you go back and watch that one. Yeah, I've seen that recently. Beautiful. It still, it still holds up it just, the test of time. That's, that's amazing. Every Bret Hart main event will hold up for you, typically. Mm-hmm. They look like they're in a fight. There's, they're, they're doing the great matches, and they're doing things that were current at the time. But even still, the Savage double axe handle from the top, that's still a move that I'd love to see today. You know what I mean? Uh, and at the time, it was revolutionary. You know, we thought Savage was like a high flyer. Yeah, you know, now, he, he was one. He was one of the first guys to kind of go to the top rope and hit people with some violent stuff. It was great. Oh, that's the steamboat one with the bell. Ooh, baby, I love Randy. Yeah. I love Randy Savage. Ooh, we got to get him back on the show. We got to, you know, we got to do this. His a, his agent, his agent in heaven, actually did reach out and said he had such a good time uh, recently. I think it was around our Halloween show that yes. he is one. He is ready, willing, and able to come back and materialize in front of us and make another appearance here in high spots and cheap pops. He was painting the town. He he actually he had such a good time here. He actually went down to Philadelphia, took in a concert. Apparently, tripped on acid on Saturday night at a at a concert of, of Halloween. Yeah, he's amazing. I, I thought I thought ecstasy was more his thing, but yeah, I mean anything. I mean he's already passed on, so he could do whatever. Really. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I mean, in fact, he just dropped it in there and just fell to the ground. And then I did it. So, but uh, wow. so yeah. I, I again, Sean, my you know, it just things just they're different. You know, things change. I think Ric Flair. Now that we have a lot to look back upon and see the evolution, Ric Flair is still the man, and he's still awesome and all that. But yeah, he's not as he's not the legend that he thinks he is. And he certainly shouldn't be commenting on professional wrestling these days because he doesn't watch the product. If he watched it, maybe he'd have a valid opinion, but he doesn't want to watch it. He just wants to say controversial shit to piss people off so people can at him on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, right, right. So, I don't know. One last thing. Bully Ray said he wanted to see a heel. It's a mean-ass heel. Just a mean heel. No, I don't want an entertaining heel. Bully Ray. Because he was such a jerk-off heel in ECW. And if you ever heard him interview, if he interviewed, he'll tell you nobody was more hated than he and Devon. And then I'm like, dude, didn't you realize Joel Gertner spent five to ten minutes every time you wrestled getting your heat for you? And it's not a coincidence that every other tag team in those triple threat matches, those TLC matches, all the four competitors that weren't in the Dudley Boys all have Hall of Fame caliber singles careers. And you and Devon do not. It's not a coincidence. I unfollowed him. I hope he understands. Hopefully he gets over it. I mean, I would be heartbroken. And I understand how he would be, but he seems like a tough guy. He'll probably he'll probably find the light at the end of the tunnel. My name is Boo! 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 Putting chicks to a table. That's not I mean, I hey, young. I don't know. And then, by the way, then he tweets how great MJF is last night after he said all that. So you can't have your cake and eat it too, Bubba. Oh, Jesus Christ. So, but anyways, all right. And Pillar, this was a great episode talking about WWE, AEW, and everything professional wrestling. Packed episode. A lot on the bone. And I don't think editing is going to be that bad. I think we're going to have a good time with editing. Uh, It's a concentric circle of hell. And I, I, I adore you for doing it, man. Uh, We're just getting started. By the way, 
we are going to be launching a new website. We'll do all the little plugs in now. We're going to be launching a new website, hscpwrestling.com. We're going to be excited at it. We're also going to be having consistent. I am so, are you excited about the launch of High Spots and Cheap Hops Network? I'm very excited. We had a great meeting today. Just fantastic. Just thinking about the future. We are going to, we are just building. And if you guys, thank you all for being, you're on the ground floor of this. We want to thank all the listeners. We want to thank everybody who's been interacting with us, all the views we've been getting. We've got some really great progress on YouTube and uh, we're just onward and upward. And we are motivated and super happy to be doing this. And Taylor, how are you feeling about the future, baby? I'm doing great. I'm feeling great about it, actually. And uh, I'm looking forward to what we discussed. And, uh, and, and you know, the future is really bright. It's, like, very promising. And, and most importantly, we get a chance to have a conversation with all of you. So that's what I'm really looking forward to for many years to come. And we are just getting started. There are so many monsters coming from this show. And Thank you so much for the impaler. This is Silicon Steve Valley. Like us. If you like this at all, please follow us on Spotify. Drop the Macho Man Randy Savage elbow on the subscribe button. Don't damage your phone. And check us out here. High spots and cheap pops here and at the lesson. We'll talk to you soon.